0: What's up first?
1: What's up, bookworms? That's where we get the weirdest. Stuff. That shit scared the fuck out of me, bro. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, what? Well, hello, bookworms. That was a very interesting virtual podcast. Oh my god, that scared the shit out of me. I don't know if they heard that, but that
0: was really funny. <laughs>
1: Okay. Or have you started, have you already started? Because I'm yeah, just still in shock. okay.
0: I don't like I said, I don't know if anybody heard that, but the computer started saying the zoom is being recorded. Apparently.
1: What's up, guys? <laughs> Today is Monday. And it feels like a fucking Monday. Let me tell you. I've had a day with it, boys. I've had a day with it. Um hope you guys are all having a great day, better day than I am. Um What has been up with me? What has been up with me? I have cool things coming for you guys in June. You guys aren't ready for it. I'm so excited. Like holding it in this long has literally killed me, but it's going to be okay. I hope you guys love it. Um, I'm starting to work on something new that I can't tell you about yet, but I will as soon as I can. And of course, Courage for Fools went live on the 20th and it is out into the world Um, you can get it on Amazon it's on Kindle Unlimited and I would love it if you guys would go read it check it out give it a chance if you like it and you love it I would love if you leave a review if you don't leave a review that's fine if you don't like it that's also fine um (laughs) I am just super thankful that people even read this shit and yeah I'm just thankful as fuck and so yeah that's all that has been up with me lately oh oh and my Boston Bruins are moving on to the second round of playoffs. We're not going there. these fans don't want to hear us duke it out over these spots. I'm games. not duking <laughs> it out. I didn't even mention the fact you're the one who just brought up that we played cat the capitals. I, um, I think our fans are, are well aware <laughs> I am not talking trash about Stevie's team. I respect her team. I respect the cap. no I respect most of the capitals. She doesn't to like one. Tom Wilson minus one. Well we're not going to talk about him. Capitals are a great team. I expect, I respect Alex Ovechkin. I think he's a great player. Whatever, whatever. But the Bruins are moving on to the second round, and I'm excited. Well,
0: Hopefully, that my favorite player is not even on the Caps anymore, and he's a part of a horrible ass team. Who is it? Braden Holpe.
1: Oh, Holpe got traded to the, uh, the Canadians. Yeah, which I don't know. I mean, the Canadians will at least make it past round. One because the Toronto Maple Leafs couldn't make it past one, round one of the playoffs if there was a gun to their head. They haven't been in the playoffs in how long? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. They've been in the playoffs. They just haven't been able to make it past round one in like
0: fifteen years. So they're they're pulling a um a Capitals thing. Capitals couldn't win their first Stanley Cup in forty four. I think at the time it was forty four years. Jesus. Coming up on the third anniversary of us winning the Stanley Cup next week.
1: So, well. All I know is, is my team's moving forward, hoping we see the Penguins. I think the Islanders will be a bit of a tougher game for us, and I really don't want to see that. So I'm hoping the Penguins pull this out. Hoping Sidney Crosby, like. I hate fucking Sidney Crosby. I hate fucking Sidney Crosby, too, but I would rather see Sidney fucking Crosby than I would see Matt Barzell and that young-ass defense they got that's going to skate circles around us. Sidney
0: Crosby can be under a bench crying for all I care about.
1: So yeah, there's me. That's all me. But Stevie, what's going on with you in the book world? Well, I don't have any new
0: releases this week to really talk about because you just talked about yours and that was the only one I had. Um, I'm going to talk about some books that I've, I'm reading because I've read some really good arts. When you get done, I have
1: a book release coming up I want to talk about. Go. Okay.
0: Um, so I just read Next in Line, which is by Jay Banks. and If you are not a fan of her cake series, oh my God, you should be. I am obsessed with cake, which, if you, you would know what that means if you've read the series so far. Um, this is Quinn's book, Quinn's the baby brother of the group. Um, I think there's probably going to be one more book in this series, and that is Grace's book. And I will say that Jay Bankson just announced that she sold the rights to the cake series. So it is going to TV and I am super, super excited for it. Um, another one I've read this week is forever after all by Kaylee, um, Kaylee, Ryan, which I, everybody knows I'm a tad bit obsessed with her. That's what comes out towards the middle of June. Um, I think that, oh, and my wonderful, wonderful, wonderful friend. Kat Singleton is releasing a book june 24th called goodbye
1: yep as we nicknamed it fog it is going to be phenomenal i can't wait i have an arc copy of that bad boy sitting on my kindle i gotta get reading that
0: i know i'm so excited i she's the sweetest
1: person in the whole entire world for real and this book is going to be phenomenal you guys need to see the photo the you guys need to go check out her cover check it out on facebook her check cover out. is
0: the shit man that cover is probably one of my new favorite covers besides Courage for before because i
1: love the watercolor covers thanks but i love i love fog i think i like fog better than i like my own covers and that's saying a lot because i love my covers um but yeah oh my god okay so my book that i want to talk about it's not actually my book but A book that's coming out on May 27th, so you have like four days, no, three days till it comes out, is When Heroes Fall by Gianna Darling. If you like mafia romance, a bad bitch heroine, and a sexy ass motherfucking alpha mafia man, this is the book for you. I can't wait. I'm chomping at the bit. I literally cannot wait to read this book. The covers are beautiful the teasers have been great and I think that if you like mafia you like dark romance you like that vibe you better scoop it up you got to scoop it up because I am ready I'm ready and then after I read it I'm gonna talk about it on the podcast because I know I'm gonna love it so there's that for me anything else with you Stevie
0: um I think we can go ahead and make the announcement about what's happening next Wednesday night on Instagram okay go ahead um next Wednesday night which is June 2nd um we are going live that is next Wednesday night right mm-hmm I didn't butcher that um <laughs> June 2nd we're going live with if you are on TikTok and follow the book talk community um fit teacher Rachel who is one of those influencers on book talk that has like 40,000 followers she is phenomenal she does great book recommendations I'm excited to talk to her. I am too. And she loves her some reverse harems and
1: my girl, speaking of language.
0: Romance. So I think she's like a big fan of like Megan Brandy and the um Boys and cool boys. and um things like that. So I'm really we're really, really excited that she agreed to come on and talk to us and we're gonna do that live on Instagram.
1: Um I think that's it. All right, then. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read the intro for the lovely author that we have guesting today. Uh, I love this author. Um, I love her, but I love her good old boy series. One of my favorite series. It's one of the reasons that uh, I wanted to be an indie publisher because I just, I love the angst in this book. I think this is the reason that directed me to Dark Romance, honestly. So I really love this author's work and I'm really excited to talk to her. Um, But without further ado, M. Robinson is the Wall Street is Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestselling author crowned as the Queen of Angst by readers around the world. Dive into her visionary world that will take you on a roller coaster ride of emotions and leave you wanting more. She writes everything from contemporary to suspense romance and is best known for her novel El Diablo. When Em is in her cave writing her next epic love story, you will find her shopping and living on a boat in Florida with her real-life pirate, her lobster, her husband, Bossman. Sipping on Starbucks and hanging out with her two dogs, a German Shepherd mix and a Gordy Wheaton Terrier, reading a good book or spending time with her family, who she's extremely close to. All above, Em loves readers more than anything and loves to connect with them. She's on all social media platforms, but you will find her in her happy place most her VIP reader group on Facebook or her second favorite happy place, Instagram. The pandemic has a tremendous impact on sleep and
0: insomnia and anxiety. If you are suffering from sleep issues, like half the world is our sponsor real sleep has developed the world's first personalized sleep solution. Customized to you unlike prescription and over counter sleep aids, their plant-based formula works with your body to get you to sleep faster, help you sleep deeper and cut out on sleep disturbances. I know for me, COVID has made me completely nocturnal. I have never been so tired in my life. While sleep is solitary, you are not alone, and RealSleep is here to help. That's why we are teaming up with Real Sleep to give you 20% off your next purchase. Code to a link on our show notes and use the code POD to see why RealSleep is the last sleep product you'll ever need. Oh,
1: it's the a talk. Thank you so much for joining us, Monica Robinson. Welcome to the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. We're so happy that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Um, How's your day? How's everything? You live in Florida, right? So how's the weather down there?
2: It was actually a really, really beautiful weekend. Um, April and May are usually the best months to come to Florida because the humidity hasn't hit yet. Mm -hmm. so once the humidity hits it's horrible though like you're sweating to go outside to your mailbox oh god that's what my grandparents say my
0: grandparents are in florida we have a friend who lives in florida but i'm not sure what portion of florida and she lives in nice Nice. 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 something like that it's in the panhandle
2: and anything in florida anything in florida is hot it doesn't matter where you live you're in florida you're getting (laughs) you're getting the humidity it doesn't matter Oh, God. No, thank you. I can't deal with that. I would die. No, thank you. I know. I know.
1: Um, So I'm super excited to uh, ask you some questions. I love your books. I've read all of them once multiple times religiously. I love these books. Okay. So I'm super excited to talk to you about them. And we're gonna go ahead and jump on into them um so first i'm gonna start off with the good old boy series mostly listen i was trying to narrow down who i wanted to ask questions about. i was like i have to ask questions about these people because this is the first series that i read by you and it doesn't feel right to skip them i agree so
2: who is your favorite good old boy oh gosh i i love them all for different reasons there isn't like one where i'm like okay i love him more than the other one I feel that way about all of my books and all of my characters though every you know that's probably the question I get asked the most is like what's your favorite book or what's your favorite hero or Mm -hmm. heroine and it's just like they all hold a special place in my heart for different reasons you know like the good old boys was um probably what what got me most known like people knew who I kind of was with my erotica books but the good old boys definitely put me on the scene and Crave Me was actually the first book of mine to ever hit a list. So I became a USA bestseller with it. So they just hold a special place in my heart just because it was my jump into contemporary romance. And I wanted to do something different. And I was able to and do it successfully. So yeah. I, I love that, you know, it's not always like that with every book, you know, sometimes the ones that have the biggest hype don't always like perform as, as well as you'd like them to or it could be vice versa you know yeah so it was the first series that every book did I think better than the last so by the time we got to Crave Me um it, it was it was that I make a list and people loved it and it was just I, I still hear people like you, you know, that are like, "Oh my God, it was the first series I ever read by you," and it's awesome because I I love those boys. I'm always gonna love those boys. Same. I've even made I've even made their kids, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I know I love them. Um, so
1: complicate me, which is the first book in the series. Who inspired Alex and Lucas?
2: Okay, so I wasn't really like I don't really take. Inspir- I mean I do I take inspiration from my family and my friends and stuff but I'm not like oh this is my girlfriend I'm gonna make a character about her you know like I'll take this yeah. from things that I hear or see or whatever it may be um but they were just I wanted it to be it's so funny because um I started watching Dawson's Creek today because you know it's, <laughs> yeah oh my god and I watched the first episode and I'm like this is like Dawson and um Joey are like Alex and Lucas. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even realize I pulled so much inspo from the show. Cause I watched it when I was like, what, 12, 11 years old when it first came out. Yeah. So I was just watching it and I was like blown away. I'm like, oh my God, I had an epiphany. This is why I write teenage angst because of this show, you know, all these shows. <laughs> yeah. So um,
1: those, I love those bow and half pine will hold like a special place in my heart forever because my mother-in-law actually is the one who recommended all of these. Right. And so I read, I read, I read like fantasy young adult prior to that, because I, I don't, I don't know why I had never even thought that this was an entire genre, but, uh, <laughs> she recommended them to me. Uh, and I was like, okay, started reading them and like midway through, I'm like bawling my fucking eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: Yeah. I get the most crap for Lucas just because everything that he put Alex through. Yeah. But like, I don't think people, I mean, I'm sure people do realize, but he was, they were like 15, you know, 16. Yeah. I thought it was so accurate. Yeah. What? 15, 16. I literally literally went through that in high
1: school. What are you talking about?
2: (laughs) What are you talking about? What teenager isn't a dick, you know? So So it was just, it w- I wanted to stay like true. Am I allowed to cuss, by the way? I didn't know. I didn't know if you guys were going to like beep me out. No, no, um, no. I didn't, I wanted to stick true to like, it was kind of like a coming of age situation. So yeah. I wanted to stay true to like all the just uncomfortable, weird crap that we go through when you're that age, you know, especially when you're starting to like a boy. And it's a boy that you've known all your life. You're just like, what do I do with all this? You know, teenage boys are dickheads. Like that's what people understand. Like teenage.
1: And I feel like because um, maybe like if an older person, like an older, like people are reading it, right. They're thinking of teenage boys from like their perspective, right but teenage boys are manipulative dickheads okay like like, for real so i thought that and not that i think that lucas was terrible because i think he did everything that a teenage boy would do like what teenage boy knows what he wants like like i give him creds for knowing like figuring out sooner than most men would
2: yeah Um, and he didn't and people are always like oh he treated her like a doormat and it's like dude He didn't treat her like he treated every other girl. He treated her with respect. Yeah, and that's why. She's the
1: one who went off and almost, you know, whatever. She's dated. She dated people too, so it was like whatever. I love this book. It made me cry hysterically, and then I was like, "Yep, I'm just going to download all the rest of these in this book in this series, and we're gonna we're gonna go on an adventure." um so Forbid Me is Lily and Jacob now when I tell you that when I was reading the good old boys and I got to the end of that book or actually there's a piece in the middle that I'm not going to spoil but kind of like gives you a uh, like an inclination of who's going to be next I, my jaw was on the fucking floor yes. <laughs> I was like holy shit oh god they're gonna flip out so yeah. let's take a moment to swoon because Jacob Foster is to die for we love mm-hmm. him I think this one was the least angsty of all of them mostly just because I think that they had already had their like years of build-up for that yeah and I really liked it and you kind of gave my heart a break because I was like Lord Jesus so Lily's a musician Jacob's a lawyer and all that stuff but do you build the storyline first or do you map out your characters and then kind of build that story around them
2: well I change so like I've been I've been in this industry for almost like 10 years now so Mm -hmm it changes like um, with those books in particular, I did map out. So with those books, I had the timeline, I had the outline, I knew what I was doing, I knew where I was going with it. Um, Now I kind of do things a little bit differently than I did back then. Like back then, I wouldn't even write a word until I had an outline. And I'm not talking about just like, boy kisses girl. No, like my outline was like, (laughs) by the time I was done with my outline, there was 10,000 words in it. So I would, yeah. I'd write out like scenes that I wanted to do or dialogue that I would hear. So like, it was just this well orchestrated kind of thing. And then I jumped into the manuscript and I just realized how time consuming that was. Mm-hmm. So it would literally take me probably like two weeks uh, yeah. to, to write this whole outline. And that's just like time kind of wasted away from writing. But I didn't realize that until later. So like now um, I start writing and then once I, once I'm to the point where like, okay, I've built enough character development. Mm-hmm. Now I need to get to the story. Um, that's when I will start plotting and outlining. So the way I do it is how they taught us in, you know, in high school. Yeah. I think it's MLA. What's I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Where, like you have like and then you put, like little categories <laughs> underneath. And that's, yep. that's how I do it. All right, cool.
1: I mean. I mean, what, I mean, I'm literally that plotter. I don't even care. I don't care. I'm a plotter. I, I don't even give a shit because I have the worst case of ADHD in the entire fucking world. And if
2: I do not, I'm screwed. I'm fucking screwed. Yeah. That's so, how I used to be. But then it's like, I don't know, you kind of just get comfortable with your, you know, your own crafts and like yeah. I'm 26, seven books in. So like that did not start. I probably started doing that within like the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, it was like major outline where I'm like, like I said, two, three weeks I was outlining and I'm like, okay, well, and then I would start writing. And then now it's just like, nah, I, I can, I can do it the other way around.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, good for you. for finding something that works for you. Yeah. I'm sure um, it'll so- change. It always does. <laughs> it'll,
2: it'll <laughs> yeah. shift. It'll change. I may go back, you know, like it's just for right now, that's what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Undo Me, which is Dylan and Aubrey. This book had like the best twist ever and for 2 seconds i was afraid we were not going to get it happily ever after I and know, i was like i you know i'm going to kill this woman <laughs> i was like i so upset that so, was probably one of my best plot twists i loved it That's i loved cool. that i was like Oh my god this is not happening and my poor husband right so i'm very like involved in books i read so like i'm like running around the house and i'm like oh my god i gotta tell you what just happened in this book he has absolutely no idea who these people are and i'm like explaining these things like in depth and i'm like is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard and he's like yeah I, yeah i yeah. guess it's
2: like thanks for listening oh um, yeah, that's, so- how, that's how ben is now even me with me writing like i will passionately be speaking about like a scene or my characters or something and he's like you do not realize that these are not real people to me. You know, he's like, (laughs) I don't have the emotional attachment you do. So when you're like, so excited about telling me this, they literally are imaginary people. So like, to me, he's like, I, I don't, I don't see it, but that's exactly why he, that's why he was like, you need to try to write a book. Yeah. So passionate about the books that you read he's like I bet you you could write a book and that's really where it came from because I was like you where I'm like I was running around the house you know, <laughs> books and it just so emotionally invested you know with these stories so I get it so
1: they I think this book was true high angst high we were running high yeah so
2: what book do you think dubbed you the queen of angst I would probably think that one that one and crave me or just because crave me with the storyline and like what what it entailed because addiction is hard yeah with um undo me it was it was definitely the plot twist and it was the one where like you get to a certain scene which I'm sure you guys know what scene I'm talking about yeah by the time I was done writing that scene I had to step away from the book I'm like I had to take a break because I felt like I had gone through that you know yeah so I think that's definitely the book that kind of got me like the Queen of Ink's name. And then after that, it was like every hero that I wrote was just kind of like one-upping one upping each other. Yep. So I think why my books got angstier and angstier and angstier, because it's just them, you know, they come out yeah. and they're like, all right, well, I want to be better than your last book. What can I do to top that? So kill your readers. That's basically yeah, exactly. what are going to end right. up doing. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: So Crave Me, speaking of Crave Me, this is my yeah, favorite. Yeah. This is going to go down as, like, it's on my shelf. It's sitting over there. It's looking very pretty. Um, This is going to go down as, like, probably one of my favorite reads of, like, all time. Austin Taylor, mm-hmm. ride or die is the love of my life. He is my husband. I love him. No, bo- no book boyfriend will ever take that away from him. He was a so, good He's so good. So I love this story, and I love this character, and I reread it, like, every month. When you were writing you know Austin Taylor and his gal Riggs who I also love mm-hmm. when you started to know like when did you start to know that you wanted El Diablo to be next like you wanted to tie those into there like like when you were building her characters was the plan always yeah. to have Martinez be related to her? no no no
2: no, not at all so I knew I always knew what the storylines were going to be because mm-hmm. like I said I plot and with the good old boys they are very heavily int- inter-entwined you know oh, they're yeah. very very heavily. So by the time I got to the last book, it was like, people were like, oh my God, what are we, what is she going to show and crave me? Cause I've shown so much of Austin and the other three books and they're all happy now. So yeah. what do you do? Yeah, exactly. So with crave me, I always knew that he was going to be an addict and I always knew that him and Briggs were going to meet that way. Yeah. So I always knew that she was going to be, I don't want to spoil it but I always know who she was going to be as the heroine yep. and who he was, but I did not know that she was going to have an uncle like that. Like I knew that she was gonna be, I knew how they were gonna meet Mm -hmm. and I knew that she was gonna be doing what she was doing, but I did not know the connection that it was gonna be until to Martinez until I started writing it. Yeah. So once I started writing it, I realized how I was gonna set up her story and like pretty much immediately when Martinez came into the scene, I knew that I was like, okay, this is not where it's gonna stop. He's going to get a book. And that was going to be my jump into Mafia. Yeah. So that was my first book into any any shootings, any violence, any like <laughs> tortured hero. I mean, they were all kind of tortured, but like, yeah. just, you know, mm-hmm. where like, he's kind of the villain, but he's not because he's the hero, but he kind of is the villain because. Yeah. The so. anti-hero is my yes name, yes, yes, exactly. He was the anti-hero. So yeah. I knew pretty quickly with Briggs once I got to him that he was going to have his own book. So then when I realized that, that's when I added him more to the Crave Me storyline and readers kind of got like an emotional attachment to him. I knew the way I was going to have his storyline play out too, like as soon as kind of it came, at least with the plot twists and how yeah. it all turned about. Um, but yeah, so that's how he came about. And he was just, it was probably the easiest book I've ever written. And it's long, like El Diablo. I think ended up being like one hundred and forty-five thousand words. Mm-hmm. So that's like five hundred pages. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. lot. So, but it was it's easy, easy to read when they're good. Yeah, so. but, yeah and He's such a vicious character, you know, like yeah, everything he's about so him savage. Yes, he was savage, and he's actually awesome. one of my most loved heroes of of all time. Him and Creed kind of battle it out, but um, Martinez, it's just like. It was like you were rooting for him, you know? He was yeah. doing all these shitty things, but you were still rooting for him, and you still wanted him and Lexi to work it out, and you still, yeah. like, he was a bad uncle, but you understood why he was bad, you know? Like I'm funny right now. When I was in that book, I was like, I'm going to kill this man.
1: I hate <laughs> yeah. him. Mostly just because I loved Austin so much that it he affected Briggs so much that yeah. I felt like that was the reason why they had some problems, and I was like, I'm going to kill
2: this man. I hate him. I hate him. Yeah. But then I read his book and I was like, ah, fuck. I know. (laughs) I know.
0: I know. (laughs) It's so
2: crazy too. Cause it's like, he was, he was bad and people are just like, they, they forgave him. You know, they were like, listen, it's okay. Give him
1: a good redemption arc and we're fine. Yeah. Exactly. So, moving on to the mafia world since we're talking about it also i just want to give an honorable mention to the fact that i could not fit in somewhere about creed who i love by the way yeah. <laughs> let me just clarify that i do love that man um so it's safe to say you know how to write a mafia book they're super good so did you do a lot of research prior to writing el diablo and el Pecador?
2: well those see i grew up my dad was very much he thought he was james bond Okay, cool. My dad, too. So, right? So, <laughs> so I grew up watching all that, like, all those movies. Like, James Bond and what was the Harrison Ford guy? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I grew up on all that. The, the Godfather, Scarface. Like, it was just how my, me and my dad bonded. We watched movies like that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of always, it was always, like, in the back of my mind. Now, as far as for Creed, um, I don't come for me. Whoever hears this, don't come for me. But I'm not a fan of Sons of Anarchy. Oh, my God. I, know. I knew you were going to say that. I know. I know. Do not come for me, people. But I just, I mean, I think Jackson is gorgeous. I love it. But, like, I could never get into the show. And I tried watching it just to kind of get into that, like, headspace of, like, the up. dialogue and the culture and how everything yeah. is in that life. And like i want i'm i kid you not i watched like four episodes and i'm like this show sucks like i could not you I didn't even get better, to the good part i think it would have been better had it been on hbo okay you know and they really could have like cussed and had sex scenes and had the violence you know like yeah. I it was on fx right yeah, yeah so i think that may have like taken it away a little bit for me mm-hmm. but like i just couldn't get into it but um i did watch a couple episodes enough to kind of figure out okay this is the culture Mm-hmm. Um, so Creed was kind of kind of like Jackson was kind of the inspo for Creed. Mm-hmm. But as far as like more research, I um I read a couple of books kind of like in the MC genre, but I kind of like to stay away from that just because you know it could mess with my writing and whatnot. Yeah. Um I I tried to watch it, I couldn't get into it. I watched a whole mm-hmm. bunch of documentaries on like MC culture and MC life. Yeah. Um, I actually talked to a couple people that were actually part of an MC and were, you know, living that life. And now they don't live it so much. But like, I kind of did research that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was Creed. <laughs> I
1: love you know? him with a fiery passion, I love him, I actually have a t-shirt that says Team Creed, yeah, (laughs) and then for Christmas, so listen, so the first year, like, understand that the first year of dating my husband, right, is the first year that I had met, like, his mom and stuff, obviously, and this, in this, in this first year is when she recommended these books, right, so it's our first Christmas coming up, and I'm trying to, like, get, like, the best Christmas present possible, because obviously you want to woo your mother-in-law, right, yeah, and I bought her swag from Euro. I, I'm not even joking. I bought like half the fucking store and I gave it to her for, dude, I'm going to go down as the best gift giver in the fucking house because of that, because I was the only person I'm the only other, uh, she had they have Dallas has like three siblings, two siblings, but I'm the only one who like reads heavily like that. And the stuff that she reads. So I was like, I'm going down as the best gift giver in this fucking house. I yeah. love it um so El Diablo this is pretty iconic book for you I feel like anytime that I mention your name they're like oh my god El Diablo and I'm like yeah
2: so it's been my my best seller of all of my books I mean it made I think 40 on USA Today so it's been my best selling no no book has ever come close to Martinez and like I think back on like the storyline and I'm like okay the storyline was pretty epic but in my opinion I thought El Santo and El Pecador was Better, I not, not me. I said, actually, and that is actually one of like probably my least selling books of all time. So, I
1: don't know why. I don't know why. I love El Santador and El Pecador. I love that whole story. Listen, yeah, there is just something I love about an age gap like that that just makes me want to die. So, I love those, but um, it has one of the most epic twists like I've ever seen. I I think now was on the floor. Um, so what was that like in El Diablo the twist that's in that right was that something you had planned from the beginning like you knew that so right
2: from the beginning I always knew how I was going to tie that together oh it's really funny because like I went I like even now like I'll read reviews randomly um and what people thought I was going to do with that storyline like mind-blowing to me like with the incest stuff
1: yeah and I'm just like
2: I could, I guess, I could see why people would think that, but I'm like, yeah. I, mean, I push boundaries, but I don't, I, I don't push that boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was interesting to me to see the reviews and how people thought that's where I was going with it, and I'm like, oh God, no, 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 no. Dude, when I am turning out, I was like midway in that book, and we were about, to, he was about to
1: drop that bond, like we we're about to find out or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm like reading, and I'm like sweating, I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. And you got to understand that when I read your book, when I first read your books, right? Fletcher was so worried about me because I was like in bed like sobbing. Like I'm like crying my eyes out and he's like, "Are you who died? Are you okay?" <laughs> I'm like that's no, pretty, I'm that's pretty standard for me. Yeah. Like, no, just these books kill me. So we're going to shift gears from the angst because you have decided to jump into the rom-com genre. Uh-huh. And uh, that, I know that's been super fun for you, but Stevie has actually, she's going to take the first questions for the first book in the Playboy series, which is The Kiss. So I'm going to okay. let Stevie take those questions. Okay. This
0: is one that I actually reviewed too, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Um, so you stepped away from the angst and went into the rom-con genre. Was that tough for you
2: being on the lighter side? Okay, so 2020 sucked for all of us, right? It's like, yep. it will forever go back, go down in the history of the worst year ever. For real. So, um, I started writing from the first verse until the last lyric, which is the Life of Debauchery duet. i um, rockstar. <gasps> rock star. Yeah. And that book has so much emotional depth. And like a lot of the heroine's point of views are very poetic and lyrical and so deep. And it was honestly, because of what I was going through with COVID, yeah. So like I, I put everything right when COVID came out. So like nobody really knew what it was. Everyone was freaking out. You know, we were going on lockdown. It's like everyone, you know, everyone's like, what's happening? Yeah. So I just, I put all of my emotions into that story. And then from there, um, I jumped into um, Mafia again with Sinful Arrangement. And then after that, I was just like, nobody knew what this year was going to lead to, you know? So I'm like, I can't, I can't do another 2020 again. Yeah. And that was my, that was, that's where it came where I was like, all right, I got to do something different. I want something lighter. I want something happier, funner, just because the books that I write are really emotionally taxing. So like, by the time I'm done, I'm just like, all right, I'm done. I don't even want to look at my computer. So I wanted to do something different. And I wanted to jump into something lighter. And I know people coming out of 2020, they, they want to read the lighter stuff right now. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of wanted to try it and see how it would go. With Forbid Me, I kind of I kind of tipped my toe in a little bit with the rom-com because yeah. of that storyline. But this was like the first time that I was actually jumping into a story that is comedy driven mm-hmm. and not, doesn't really, there's not much angst or conflict in it. Um, but I do have a little bit. And it, it honestly is have both of these books, The Kiss and The Fling have been the easiest books I've ever written. It, they take me like, I think I wrote The Kiss in like six weeks. The Fling I wrote in like four. Um, it's just, it's so much and so much of an easier headspace to be in. And it's so funny because I like, I went back and like, I go through my playlist to see if I'll pull anything. And like, I could not find anything. And I'm like, I don't even, my husband always makes fun of me. Cause he's like, why do you listen to music that makes you like, want to kill yourself? And I'm like, that's the, that's the mental state I need to be in. Me. I write these angsty books, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I went back to look at my playlist and I'm just like, oh my God, I can't use any of this music. So that was a little bit harder, I think more than anything to try to find like the groove of like what to get inspired by musically. Yeah. Um, but no, they've been so easy to write, like by far my easiest books to write. Um, it's been so fun mm-hmm. and just like so different and like how I'm not emotionally drained after writing it, you know? And that's been that's been a nice change of pace.
1: Awesome, I'm happy for you. All right, Stevie, next question. We've got. Now we do
0: know that you get a lot of your inspo from your trips and yeah. things like that. So did the Tennessee trip sway you into doing this or did you already plan
2: this out? I already knew that I was going to do a book in Tennessee when we went a couple years ago for a family retreat, for um, my husband's family retreat. They went to Gatlinburg, right? Yeah. Yeah. We went to Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge. That's where we were.
0: Representing
2: Um, hometown. I love Tennessee. Tennessee has a part of my heart. Like, I love Tennessee. So I knew that I would always, I wanted to go back there and like do a story. So then when I... Knew that I was going to be jumping into the Playboy Pact, which I got inspiration just by watching a movie. Um, I was like, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna do this. So, and then that it moved pretty quickly after that. And I'm like, okay, well, this is where I can, I can put the, I can make the Playboy Pact in Tennessee since I've always wanted to do that. So then we went back to Tennessee so that I could get inspiration. So it. that trip that you guys have seen, I already went there knowing that I was going to write these books and I wanted to get like more inspo
1: okay I love that that's a vibe yeah um, so the next book in the series is The Fling which is Sage and Ashton yeah uh, which is coming out yes. very soon yes so it will I be out when people hear this, this. yes yeah yes. it will be out when you guys hear this Yeah. oh my god I keep forgetting that we put po- we do these earlier shit <laughs> <love that. Anyway. laughs> so um Sage and Ashton these two are magic I love these two yeah. Love their storyline so
2: how is it writing a single mom? That was fun. Like I, everyone who works for me or anyone, everyone who's on my team, they're all single, we're not single moms, but they're all moms. Yeah. So I would say like, I'm, I'm Spanish. So all of my cousins have babies mm-hmm. and like, we're very family oriented and we, so like I, every, I think I'm the only one actually out of like my cousins that doesn't have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm always surrounded by women who have kids and it's just so funny how, they they all think the same you know like the mom guilt, mom mode <laughs> like mom life and like yeah. mom time and like just like how it's like you get them alone and it's like it's wine and it's like they're all just kind of have that like fun kind of like anytime I've gone out with my cousins and stuff you know they'll talk about the kids and how exhausting it is and how rewarding it is all at the same time so like I wanted to capture that was sage and show that she was like a really good mom. Yeah. Um and I didn't think that there were, she was going to have twins. That <laughs> just kind of happened as I was writing. Um, she she was like, "Okay, I'm pregnant with twins." And I'm like, "All right, so this is happening." <laughs> so, I knew she it's was like one step mom. closer I, didn't I know, know she your, have twins though. I know in your reader group everybody's
1: like one step closer to triplets. I know. Because- I know. I have absolutely no idea where that came from. I just know that I see people post about it all the time in your reader group. Yeah, it's
2: from a reader who um, who's just like pushed that narrative. I don't even think it's just me. I think she's done it with other authors too where she she wants triplets. Yeah. And I just, I'm even like in a fictional character, three kids is a lot to do to somebody. You know what I mean? Like at one time, like I felt bad for Sage because she had two kids, but she had like a very good like, support group with her family and her friends so she was okay but like three kids to give to somebody at once that's just like that's I don't know if I could do that nuts yeah no thank yeah. you
1: I hope that no um so how do you balance keeping things funny but giving the story like a romantic spin with that little bump in the road that everyone kind of loves
2: yeah um well with rom com it's a little bit different because it is like there is romance but it's like there's comedy in it too yeah So I think it's honestly easier to come up with like witty dialogue and funny things Mm -hmm. more than it is to come up with feeling like writing emotional stuff is heavy you know so like with with rom-com it's just like a breeze to me I think yeah all right cool so
1: that wraps up the questions that we have for you but the last question we have for your books is what's next for you
2: after um, I finish the Playboy Pact, which is what I'm doing this year, right now I am working on Falling for the Villain, which is my, co- my collab with Rachel Van Dyken. Woo, we love those. Um, it in June. Mm-hmm. And then I have to finish up the Playboy Pact, which is The Catch, and that releases in August. And then The Lover, which releases in November. Yep. And then next year in February, I will be jumping back in to Ink's. And it will be, I know, I'm excited. I missed it. I didn't think I would miss it. I thought I would need a break from it, but like the thing, I started missing it where I'm like, here's the (laughs) drama. Like I need need, need something. Somebody make
0: me cry. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I do miss it. I didn't think it was going to happen this soon, but I do. So um, I will be jumping back into angst in February. And that is going to be my second chance, um, best friend's little sister, Oh, uh, billionaire I know that's a lot billionaire kind of vibe so like they are they all grow up together mm-hmm. and he obviously can't cross boundaries because she's you know the brothers sister and all that and then so there will be a little bit of storyline when they're like teenagers but then they're going to drift apart and come back together like 10 years later and by that point, they're going to be like in their thirties and he's going to be like one of the richest people in all the world. Yeah. And super, super like successful CEO. It's actually going to be my first billionaire that I write. Um, like I have written guys that wealthy guys, but it's either been because like mob ties or whatever it may be. Yeah. So this is like my first like CEO kind of hero. So I'm excited about that. Um, but it's going to be super angsty. I'm gonna try to make it like my most angstiest book. We'll see how that, oh, how sure. that, that actually pars up. <laughs> but, um, and then next year I will be jumping back and forth. So I'll be releasing two inks and two rom-com.
1: Okay, cool. That's a cool little balance, I think. Yeah, you can yeah. it out for yourself. I like that. Yeah. So moving on from reading your reading question, from these questions, Stevie is going to take reading questions about things that you like to read okay this is my favorite part (laughs) what
0: is the first book that ever made you cry oh this is important (laughs) because it's payback
2: it's payback oh my god the child called it i think is what it's called i've never
1: read that book hold up
2: you probably read it i think they made us read it in middle school hold up it's got like a little kid on the cover of it i think a child called it i think it's what it is
1: I have read this book. I know what you're. Yeah, talking about. everybody.
2: I think they make it, you make you read it in like middle school.
1: Okay, so there's that
2: question. Yeah, <laughs> are you um? Who are some of your favorite authors to read? Paulina Simmons. I would probably cry if I ever met her. Um, she wrote the Bronze Horseman trilogy, yeah. which is a books a historical romance. Um, I would probably cry if I ever met her. Uh, I love her. I don't. I don't get to read as much as I used to. Like I used to be such an avid reader, and I used yeah. to read. I was one of those people that read a book at night. So I would literally go through four or five books a week, like nothing. Like that was a slow week. Yeah. Uh, but now that I write, I don't get to read that often. So I don't really keep up with like who's releasing and what books are out. Like I can't remember the last time I read a book that wasn't the Bronze Horseman. Like this <laughs> every year. I've legit read all three of them like I'll finish the third one and then go back to the first one and it's just kind of like on that endless repeat but if you haven't read those read them they're amazing
1: I need to read those I need to to do that on that
2: now are you an e-reader or a physical copy I am an
1: e-reader all right I mean I love a good cover though If it has got a good cover I eat. I do. I think I'm both.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I do covers. I do. I like to have the covers. I like on my my bookshelf. Like, I don't want to bend the pages, and I don't want to bend the cover. And like even even at signings, when I go to like sign my own books, I make sure that I don't bend the cover. Like, I only bring it up a little bit just so that I can write in it because I know how anal I I am with my paperbacks. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like really like conscious of that. (laughs) Yeah um what is your absolute favorite trope to read oh gosh I'm a sucker for anything like broody bastard yeah like, love the, it. Love to the, see it. like the more asshole he is the more I love him and not even like a dark themed storyline because I don't I'm not I mean I'll read them but they're not my 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 favorite but like even if it's just like a high school jock you know yeah. or if it's just like a college guy like if you're an asshole, I'm all about that, bud. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes. Um, what's your last five-star read? My last five-star read? Oh, goodness. I don't even remember. It's been such a long time. I have to look through my Kindle. Hold on. What let me Listen, this it's is me. has been a minute. It's been a minute. This okay. is me. Hold on. Let me look. Oh, you know what? Jewel E. Ann's not like the her her one that she just released like i know she just released a book but it was the one that she released before that okay that was called hold on i'm looking at my kindle to see oh actually this one's good too i'll do this one kiss and break up by ella fields
1: i love ella fields no, i
2: love her asshole heroes and he is a vicious in this one so i love that um and then julie Ann's was out of love was another oh, I read that one. i reviewed that book i love that book how, do I love, his name was Wyatt, right? Yes. That your, oh my God, I was obsessed with him. Like, just how broody he was. And like, I love books like that where like, you don't really get to be in the hero's head and you want to know why he's so jaded. But like, at the same time, you're like, but no, give it to me more, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so I love I love that. <laughs> that was probably my last five-star read.
1: Okay, so moving on to writing oh my god my computer just stinked. moving on to writing questions um when did you first realize you wanted to be a writer slash author
2: i didn't i didn't ever have that intention like i never i've always i've always been an avid reader since i was a kid like i used to love babysitter's club and like Arlstein stein and like sweet valley oh my god all those books right so i read all of those um and then i was a psych major so i was in school i was actually getting my doctorate i was like I think it was like my second year I had like three more years I was in like a five-year program and like I wanted to be a psychologist and open up my own practice and that was the vibe I was going for if you don't write a book like that I'm gonna lose my shit I know I know right so I
1: shit.
2: I know so I used to read all the time but then I got into high school and like high school took over you know like that yeah. what I was you know that became a thing so then I went into college and then I was a psych major. So all we did was write papers and read like that's what you do as a psych major. And then um, Twilight came out and I went with my sister and my niece and my mom to watch the first movie. Mm-hmm. And after we walked out of the theater, I'm like, I have to know what happens. Like I'm emotionally invested now. <laughs> so then I bought the books to figure out what was going on. Yeah. And then I actually ended up reading the second one on my honeymoon. Um, and like, I, like we were doing all these amazing things and I was like reading and my husband still like brings it up. Like, he's like, Hey, you remember our honeymoon and you were obsessed with freaking, breaking Dawn. (laughs) So I was always team Jacob. I loved him. I, I think Bella was good for Edward, but like I, somebody needs to be for Jacob. I was always him. I always wanted him. I was rooting for him. Um, but yeah, so I started reading that and I realized how much I miss reading and how much I felt, how much I loved it. Yeah. So then after that, I read, like, Fifty Shades of Grey, and then from there, kind of all the books that were in style, like, ten years yeah. ago, you know? So I that like those books told, like, what to read after Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. So, and then I became familiar with Goodreads, and, like, found all that stuff, so, freaking from there, um, I started watching True Blood. Oh, my God! Right? And Alexander Skarsgård! <laughs> <laughs> And I became obsessed with Eric Northman. Like, yeah. I had to see everything that Alexander starsgard was in, you know. And I had ended up having, like, an affair with him in a dream. <laughs> and I felt like, super bad about it. Because it was, like, one of those, like, vivid, nasty dreams where you're yeah. just oh, my God. So, like, I told my husband about it the next day. And, like, he was like, oh, well, there's your storyline. So that's why um, with VIP... Uh, with Sebastian and Isabel, I always mm-hmm. knew that he was going to be a happily married man yeah, falling in love with a prostitute. So yep. that is where that storyline came from. Um, and that is where I started writing. Like I, It took me eight months to write that book because I had a full-time job. I was a teacher at the time working at a charter school um, and I was in school at the same time. So yep. it took me eight months to write and then I ended up releasing it and it did really well, and I was just like, all right, so I'm dropping out of school, and I quit my job, and I became, like, a full-time writer. I'm obsessed with that. That's amazing. I, I feel
1: like Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey, okay, everybody's gonna come for me. They always come for me, but I don't even care. I don't even like, I don't like Twilight that much. I don't care. I don't care. Anywho, moving forward from that, I, the reason I don't like Twilight is because I read J.R. Ward's Dark Lover series. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's
1: nothing that can top those vampires. yeah, you
2: can't go from like a hardcore like vampire book to like Twilight, you know? I was like, what the fuck? Why is everybody
1: so hyped right now? I literally watched, I literally read the other day about this man tying her up. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I can't. So, but I feel like Fifty Shades of Grey and Twilight were kind of like a very pivotal moment for romance authors. Oh Yeah. It made people feel like, especially Fifty Shades, because I think oh, yeah. it made people feel like, like, hey, like, sex is okay to read about. Mm-hmm. It's okay to talk about. And we don't have to all have these Fabio covers. Like, that's not, like, the only romance genre that we need to read, right? So I love that. I love that. So,
2: I love it. I think it, it made moms come out of the closet and say, yeah. I read erotica? And that's so cool. Yeah. And, like, the way that she did the paper, you know, the covers nobody could really tell what they were about. Yep, until yeah. you know, so, like, soccer moms could be like on the soccer field reading Christian gray and yep. nobody thought anything about it because it wasn't like a Fabio looking guy on the cover, which is what people were used to. Yeah. So she, E.L. James definitely painted the path for me. You know, like I, I jumped on the 50 shades of gray train after that release. Yeah. Um, and it was when the market didn't have that many authors, you know, like things were so different back then. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, she paved the way for so many of us. And yeah. I, if it wasn't for her, I don't think we would have had the the outlook that we do nowadays where women are like, listen, I read this stuff and I don't care what you think, you know? And I enjoy it. And and I enjoy the- it. I it. Yeah. I love it. And I'm okay. So I came, so I'm a little younger. So no, i a little younger. Shut up. You're a lot younger. You're like what, 20? 21. 21. Yeah. We have like I'm 36. So I have like you're on you it's not even that bad i'm 32 and i still think she's a baby she's a baby i'm like you have so much more life to live like you have no real i would not go back to being 21 if somebody paid me though me neither
1: right i'm a little younger as i was saying y'all all all like to rag on me for this shit anyways i think that like my generation grew up a little bit more like sexually um like, sexually open, right? Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's always been people in the LGBT community for, like, ever or whatever. But I think that my generation, and I love my generation for that. Listen, we do some dumb shit sometimes, but I love my generation for the fact that we were the kind of people who were, like, I don't care like I'm bisexual I'm gay I'm a lesbian like whatever and we're so open about having sex and like being like you know whatever because it's a thing that happens between human beings mm-hmm. so I really so me growing up I was always like listen I started on Wattpad and I know good and damn well I should not have been on Wattpad mm-hmm. at 13 years old but look where the fuck I am now mm-hmm. so yeah i think these are great i think it's great for women to like be like hello look i read this shit and it's okay because being sexually repressed is just not fun for anybody
2: no it's not and like like i i can't know who i am and like mm-hmm. when the wives are like oh M. robinson released a book and like they take the kids because they know that they're gonna get laid later tonight you know it's and dirty. they're just like honey read whatever you want i'll put the kids to bed I'll give them baths as long as like later on you're showing me everything you learned in that book. Let's do that. Romance books are saving marriages. Yes. I've had, I've had, I've had husbands email me and thank me for starting their sex life again. (gasps) I've had, I've made women pregnant and I'm just like, (laughs) I love that. You know, like I, I love that. So anytime anyone's like, or I'll have readers that will be like, Oh, I made my husband read your, read your book and he loved it. And he, he, oh, he learned something new. And I'm just like, I'm here for it. I'm like, I love that, you know, like. I feel you like know, all women after reading, I watch for some of those sex scenes, I'm like, you better be freaking using what I'm writing because yeah. I watched three hours of porn for that. Okay. that's, what <laughs> I,
1: that's literally, I swear to God, we have like an author friend group. Right. And our, one of our, one of the friends were like, I'm having trouble with this sex scene. And I was like, here, let me send you a porn link. Like, <laughs>
0: like watch
2: it. Watch <laughs> it I, swear hey, I, I mean, like, do you got, do you remember when James Dean was a thing? Yes. Like, I have. Probably seen every James Dean porn that you can. Then some of the really nasty stuff he does. Okay, <laughs> because he's not always such like a lovey guy. Like he does yeah. some hardcore BDSM stuff. Yeah. That like I was watching it with like my mouth open, and like <laughs> what? I'm, like what what it's like a train wreck where I'm like I know that I shouldn't be watching this, but like I'm watching it and I'm so yeah. Happy for it.
1: Yeah. I literally wrote a character who was into like uh, I can't even say it, but it's Japanese rope bonding yeah you like get tied in different positions and like suspended in the air right so the 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 porn for that shit is insane tonight it's saying don't fall in that rabbit hole dude. that's crazy
2: dude i've watched some dirty shit where i'm just like i'm definitely gonna have to talk to god about this one like, <laughs> <I'm definitely laughs> <gonna be> like <laughs> for real i gonna talk about this okay what happened here
1: i know so moving forward do you have any interesting writing quirks like when you write like when you sit down to write a book, is there something specific that you do like have to have like a specific drink or like have to always eat Twizzlers or something like that?
2: I have to have coffee. So like, I have to have some sort of like stimulant, whether it's like coffee or monster or Red Bull. Cocaine. Um,
1: Kidding, that was a joke. Yeah,
2: like <laughs> yeah, like Diet Coke. Yeah. Um, uh, anything. And sometimes I'll have like sweets or like cupcakes. Usually it's just like a caffeine high music always. Mm -hmm. um if I can't find music then I'll have something playing in the background like if I'm writing mafia I'll have the godfather playing in the background or something along those lines to kind of help um but yeah that's pretty much it okay so what does your family think about your writing
1: and have any of them read your books
2: well my parents my mom um, my family all know that I'm writer I'm a writer and they know that I write romance I don't think any of them have actually read any of my books. I know my mom wants to but she's um, she's more Spanish speaking yeah so my books are being translated right now into Spanish and I know once they are she'll read them for sure because I know that she wants to so your mom you're like be like what is this, what I, know, is this? I know I know I <laughs> know she's read some stuff where she was just like, like scenes and stuff like that, where she was like, does something happen to you as a kid that I don't know about? You know, like, is there something we need to talk about? So she knows how, how deep I go down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. but I think she's going to be pretty surprised when she actually like reads it.
1: That's going to be exciting. You're going to have to document that, like put that piece in your... Newspaper. I know, I know, I know. That'll be cool. So we are at the... Sadly, we're at the end of our podcast, but this is our favorite section. It's trope questions. They're the best. I love these. Um, so we're gonna do that and then at the end of this we'll leave you to talk about the fling a little bit like you have like, a little portion to talk or like pimp yourself whatever you want to do okay um so trope question number una favorite trope to write and why
2: oh gosh um favorite trope to write I like age gaps mm-hmm. a few but like nowadays you kind of can't you can't you could write you could write more age gaps back in the day but nowadays yeah. it's kind of like it's hard yeah. So I don't really step in that. Or if they are, if there is a gauge gap, I don't mess around with like the teenage years wait yeah. until they're like, you know, older. and kind I of. I get that
1: shit. I don't even care.
2: I don't even yeah, care. Yeah, I mean, it's just, we, we live in a society right now where everything is very touchy on that subject. You yeah. Know? So, um, but I do, I do love writing age gaps because I feel like there's so much you can do with that. Yeah. And there's so much, and since I write inks, there's so much inks. That and there's so much push and pull that you can do that, you know, with that, with like the age gap and the level and like all that stuff. The way that I feel about that is that this is all fiction,
1: right? And so, just like if you read a Stephen King novel, like people don't give him shit, and they're like, "Oh, he's promoting you to go out here and like murder the fuck out of somebody," right? That's not it. So, like, why do romance authors get that same like shit put on them? Like, we're not promoting that you go be you know 17 and hook up with somebody who's 24 like we're not saying that like don't go do that this is like yeah. a fictional world that you're in and I think people have a hard time differentiating between however you fucking say that word I'm not even gonna try and say it again I <laughs> you fucking try say that word separating fiction
2: and real life
1: and that's yeah what
2: See, I think I think I did it not that there is a right or wrong way to release a book but I I think I came out of the the, the gates guns blazing because my first book was cheating so my first game we all know, my first we we all know how you either love or hate that oh yeah so I think that's why people are like well it's they know I like to push boundaries yeah like the way I came about just you know making a name for myself with the first book that I did release but yeah I got it I kind of like uh started off that way so like the reviews that were coming in and stuff kind of like paved the way for me yeah and I realized really quickly how bad people don't differentiate between fiction and like how some reviews will come for you where they're like i think I, i've been called like i don't respect the sanctity of marriage and like yeah some reviews like that and i'm just like dude it's a there has literally been people who write, write dark romance and have had like the fucking
1: cps called on them yeah like, they have children and they have cps called on them because they write dark romance it's like bro we're <laughs> two separate worlds here I know. It's a separate so world here. So I'm just, I just, I, the way I feel about it is, is I'm just going to write shit. And if you like it, you like it. If you yeah. don't, if it's not for you, that's fine. Yeah. You do to leave a bad review because you don't like it. That's fine too. I mean, we're moving forward. Yeah. So uh, next trope question. I'm going to let Stevie take that one. What's one trope you would eventually like to write? Historical romance. We had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And I just want to FYI, everybody, that I am so on board for the storyline of yes. that historical romance. <laughs> so
2: I've had, okay, so when I was writing the IP, I, the storyline came to, to, to mind, um, and it's uh, a Marine falling in love with a hippie during during the 70s. So super taboo, you know, and like, of course, I'm going to love that, um, and super angsty because you can do so much with it. But yeah, I will eventually write it. I don't know when, I don't know... the timing has to line up with it and that's like I jump genres and I drum tropes but I feel like that would be like a really really big jump
1: yeah
2: um so like I have to kind of figure that out but I eventually want to write it eventually I will jump in there I'm here for it yeah Um,
1: what's one trope you'll never write and why
2: I don't think I could ever write incest yeah Not my vibe I can't read books like that either not that I shame anybody for writing it but I don't think I'll be able to go down that road
1: yeah, there's no kink-shaming on this podcast. You read what you want to. Yeah.
2: Etchy-ass shit sometimes. I can't even say anything. I cannot even I've written, I've read the craziest, I mean, you, you guys probably have read it, but the, the most craziest thing I've ever written was like bestiality, or not written, read, or, yeah, read, was a bestiality scene with a dog do, I don't remember what book it was called, but the way the writer wrote it was like I can't write the I can't read this because it was she wrote it so amazingly that you're like, can <laughs> 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 I really just read that and enjoy? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah, she like she just did it such and such a class. Not that that's a classy thing to write. Yeah, <laughs> In like classy way where I'm just like. Oh my no! God. The classy DCLity scene. I literally can't. That's insane. It's okay. I, I'm, I can't gonna, I'm gonna find out the name and let you know what it is because it was popular on Goodreads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he like it was like it was so bad and it was so disturbing. And the fact that I like the book made me question my morals. I mean, technically, if you read shifter books. Kind of the and same thing. Kind of the same thing. But I'm yeah. not going down that road. You're having when he's not a wolf. Yeah. Doesn't mean he doesn't turn into a wolf, you know?
1: <laughs> I guess my thing is I can't judge anybody because, listen, I love fairy porn. I read A Court of Thorns and Roses on the daily. I don't even care. Yeah. I don't even care. And they yeah. have, like, wings and a tail. <laughs> so it's like, how <laughs> can you even judge anybody else? I literally can't. So, Dude. Dude. and I 10 out of 10 recommend that if you well I don't know if you read fantasy but I know that you read Twilight you should read a Court of Thorns and Roses series it's so good so good and like I do really alpha-
2: read fantasy or paranormal um I, I I've tried to the only ones I've ever read were the Twilight ones mm-hmm. um but no I don't really jump into that kind of storylines I should though
1: I'm telling you right now that if you read a Court of Thorns and Roses you will love it the angst and the triangles and the alpha men in there that day. Who's day. the writer? Uh Sarah J Mass. Okay. So there's like, I'll send you a link to all of them. But they are literally like chef kisses. I love them with my whole heart. Cannot even, cannot even. They're like so alpha
2: and amazing and angsty, and I, I don't even know what <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. I need a good angst book in my life right now. And I want to read Jewel E. Ann's, the one that she just released. Mm-hmm. But like I heard what happens in it and I'm like I don't know if I'm emotionally prepared for this <laughs> for <real. laughs> she, she sent it to me I'm friends with her so she sent it yeah. to me as an IRC and she was like hey just a heads up this is like the hardest book I've ever written Oh and god. I'm like I'm just I have to I'm like I don't I, I'll read anything but like yeah. there's stuff that like I need to be in the right headspace to read you know of course yeah um, so, like, I need to find the right time to, like, ball my eyes out, because I know what the storyline is, and I'm just, like, I know I'm going to cry really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, Stevie's going
1: to take the last trope question, and then you get to
2: pimp yourself.
1: Okay. This is my favorite question
0: that I think that we've ever come up with. If you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story?
2: Oh, gosh. If I was in a trope, what book? I would want to be a badass, you know? Like, I would want to be, like, the, I would want to be, like, the mafia girl. So, like, I would definitely want to be, like, kind of like a, like an Amira situation, you know, where she's a bad bitch. Female badass, where, yeah. like, men think that she's a man because she's such a badass, you know? Stevie's is billionaire. She wants a billionaire romance. That's, so movie, movie. that's not even my favorite trope to read. That's, but, I'm gonna go fast. Fast. that's my second. That's my second. Yeah.
1: I want to be in a reverse harem, enemy to lovers kind of situation. Um, <laughs> because there's just way too many people to choose from and I would like to have all of them. So that's the best bet for me. However, that is the last of our questions on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been super fun and you're amazing. So I'm gonna let you talk about, you know, a book coming up and uh, yeah, you'll do that. And then we'll tell you goodbye.
2: Okay. So my book that releases or that it's out already, it is the fling and it is part of my playboy pack series. Um, standalone within a series. So it is four boys who make a pact when they're 16 years old to stay single and never fall in love. And each book is a standalone, but it's a standalone within a series. So each boy, each boy will have a book. Um, The Kiss, which is Leo, the one that actually initiates the pact and creates the pact. His book was The Kiss and it's out. The Fling is Ashton and Sage, which is the one that I just released. And The first one was my friends to lovers rom-com. The second one is like my single mom rom-com, but kind of like missed opportunity where like they, they meet each other, but then something happens and then they meet each other again, eight years later. So it's kind of like second chancey in that way. Um, And it is my single mom rom-com. The third one is fake marriage. (laughs) So. Yeah, so Kane sells like love, I guess. And he needs a perfect partner to be able to sell the dream of love because he has like this boat business where people come on his boat to like rekindle, you know, the relationship with their spouse. Yeah. So he's selling the dream of love, even though he doesn't believe it. And then my last one, and that one's the catch. And then the last one is the lover. And he is like my um, gynecologist. <laughs> yeah. So he's my gynecologist rom com where like his um one of the girls that he's like been hooking up for with like the last decade uh wants to have a baby and she's gonna get like artificially inseminated and he's like listen you, we don't have to do that you have my sperm so <laughs> I literally so the storyline is not even funny. You know what I mean? So he's just like I got sperm, let's make this happen. So that's how that book is. Um the Single Mom Rom-Com is the one that's the newest release though and it has two adorable little twins, Hayden and Haven. Um they are absolutely adorable. If I had a little girl, I would want her to be like Haven cuz she's so adorable and she's so yeah. cute. Um Hayden is my little terror. So think like Dennis the Menace. He's Hayden the Halion. Yeah. And it starts off with a single mom um, the the, the hero doesn't know that she's a single mom and then when he finds out that he's a sing she's a single mom the kids put him through the you know the ringer so there's a lot of like comedy with pranks and stuff that way um and also just like epic Mm one-liners ashton has a very 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 dirty mouth um very dirty mouth he's probably one of the most dirtiest heroes i've ever written he -hmm. has so many epic one-liners Um, say to the heroine, she's shy, awkward, but still equally as funny. Yep. And she's a very, very good mom. She's probably the most relatable heroine I've ever written. Um, as far as like readers being able to identify with her just because she lives mom life, you know, and her kids are everything. And she's kind of put herself in second place when it comes to just being mom. So you get to see her kind of like finding herself again which I really, really enjoyed um, writing. And then you kind of get to see Ashton kind of, he's a big kid, but you kind of see him in another light when the kids come to bat and how like he just realizes, you know, that not only is she made for him, but her her kids are made for him too. It's a very, very feel good story. It's a very light read. It's very funny. There's a lot of sexy scenes. Mm -hmm. It's one of those books that you want to read when you're like on vacation or you're at the beach. Or doing that kind of thing. So it's like, it's very like summer kind of romance vibe. There's a lot of romance in it. Um, It's really, really funny. There's, I I have probably have not laughed as much as I have with any book, as much as I did in this book.
1: I love that. And we're super excited for you. And we hope that the release goes good. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we hope you have a great day. Thank you.
0: Yeah.